When a direct report resigns, this can be tricky for the manager. In this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast, we're going to talk about what was your responsibility in this and how can you learn the most in a situation where one of your direct reports resigns. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. I hope you're doing well and you had a productive week and you feel excited about uh, the second half of 2022. I always feel that once my kids are back in school, which should be the case by the time this episode gets released, then I realize, well, we got about three, four months to go until we hit the holiday season. And that makes me feel excited to um, get back into work mode and achieve a lot of the goals that I set and I reset my goals every summer or redefine them and clarify them. And that's always feels like an exciting process. If you know me a little bit, then you know that I'm pretty um, results driven and performance driven in my work and with my clients as well, as much as I am with my business. So setting goals and kickstarting a new phase to achieve bigger milestones, always exciting. I hope you feel excited about your own goals for the second half of 2022 as well. But today we're going to talk about something a little less pleasant than goal setting, which is what happens when one of our employees resigns. Now, if you're a new manager, you may not have experienced that yet. It's inevitable. So at some point, an employee will resign. And I think that first time someone resigns is probably the hardest. No, that's not true. It does get a little bit better because we start to recognize that's just part of the job and part of work and workplaces in general. But I think every time that a direct report resigns, especially if it was unexpected, it wasn't because they were exited out because of a performance issue or the like. But when they are good performers and we trust them and we are depending on them or relying on them and then somewhat out of the blue, potentially, they submit their termination letters. And that can feel really hard. And it's very normal for managers, leaders to pause and to have some self-doubts run through their heads and to think back at, oh my gosh, what could I have done better? And why did I not see this coming? And replay in their head some of these past interactions, maybe meetings, conversations, performance reviews, and figure out like, where did I miss the red flag? Or where did I miss a sign that they're not happy? Just totally normal. So before we go into this week's episode and I talk first about what's your responsibility and what isn't, and is that even a problem when someone resigns? And I also give you some very tactical advice on how to learn and make the most out of this opportunity. And I call it an opportunity for you to learn and grow as a leader. But before we get there, I also want to say that this is the time to be really self-compassionate. It is not the time to shame and blame yourself for not catching signals or for having done things in a way that you regret afterwards, such as maybe the way that you handle certain conversations or 
that you missed out on certain things or didn't pay enough attention or weren't able to address their needs, this is not the time. Because remember that no matter what actions you took in the past and what you did and said, at the time, and assuming that you are a well-intended caring human being, which I'm most certain that you are, then at the time that you acted or said something, did something or did not do something, that this was the best you were able to do based on your knowledge, your experience at that time, as well as the mental, emotional, and physical resources and state that you were in. So yes, in retrospect, we could do a lot of things better and we would want to change things that we've done or said in the past. But at the time when it happened, you did the best that you could. And I think that's really important to remember in a time where it may feel a little bit vulnerable, right? So when someone resigns, it can feel like, oh my gosh, they're resigning and terminating the friendship or the relationship and me as a person or as a leader, they're not respecting me enough or they don't care enough. And that vulnerability may then lead to a bit of self-doubt or impact your confidence in a negative way. And we don't want to get there. We want to make sure that you protect your confidence. And the way to do this is to really, really practice and lean into self-compassion here. So as we're going through these things and as you're maybe reflecting back on what you did and didn't do, keep that in mind that you are learning now and you're growing in any time that someone terminates or resigns from your team. And that you are going, promise me this, going to be really compassionate with yourself. Okay, so taking a step back, when someone resigns, and again, this is not when someone resigns or is sort of managed out because of performance issues, but when they're good performers and then they quit. In a situation like this, the first thing you have to keep in mind is that they are responsible for their choices. Yes, you can influence but you cannot control them and you shouldn't control them. So regardless of what you've done or not done in the past, it is their decision to leave. And maybe it is because there was some tension in relationships or there was an issue in the workplace or it didn't meet their expectations or there are many other reasons that could lead to a resignation but it may also just be because that's the way that they do their career or they do life. They may want to change jobs every once in a while. They may want to quit and go somewhere else when things get tough, right? When it gets sticky or when, there are some, when there's conflict and they'd rather move elsewhere. They think the grass is greener on the other side than to stick it out and get through that conflict. That is not on you, that is on them because that's how they do life and that's where they're at and that's what they think is best for them. And it may actually be the best for them. It's not up to you to judge. It could also be that they're leaving to go to a different organization or take on a different job and that is in their very best interest. If they are tapping out on their growth in a current job or in your organization and there's no place for them to go if they want to for example become a manager but they're not going to become a manager unless someone else leaves and you're not playing and going anywhere for example then they know that and they know that if someone else offers them a job with management responsibilities that may actually be the best for them because that's bringing them closer to their ultimate career goals in a situation like this be 
supportive because the last thing we want to look at here when it comes to leadership is that your leadership and your impact or influence on a human being is restricted to the time that they work with you on your team from day one they join your team to the last day on your team you as a leader this is truly the difference between manager and leader you as a leader can impact them and influence them and support them by the way in a positive way way beyond the time that they work on your team. So if you truly care about their values and their career success, and you realize that they're tapped out in what you can offer them within your team, it is your responsibility to even bring that up and look for other opportunities where they can grow more. That may, and ideally that is within your organization where they can transfer somewhere else, but it may also be to go elsewhere and you are there to support them and their success. We're not in the business of numbers. We're not in that manufacturing age. We are in the business of people. And this is not a short-term thing. Become their mentor, become a guide to them, a source of support. Uh, let them know that if they ever need anything, they should come back. This is how you continue to build these relationships. And not only is that the right thing to do from a human to human perspective, it is also the most beneficial to both parties because you've started to build this relationship. There's a sense of trust there, ideally, and you know each other. So continue to leverage that relationship and support each other. At some point, they may actually be higher up in the hierarchy and hire you. Yes, I see this more often than you might think. Or... They may run into someone who be a perfect fit to be on your team or to work with you or in your organization. But if they don't see you as a trusted friend now or someone in your network that they would recommend to others as, yeah, you should work for this person because they're an awesome manager. If that's not what they're leaving with, then you won't get these introductions. So Consider these relationships that you build with your team members to be long-lasting and invest in their career success beyond your team. And that's the difference between being a manager and being a leader, although you might know this. <laughs> I don't like to draw that division very much because I think all those things have to go a little bit hand in hand and overlap at times. So in this case, though, this is very much the leadership approach and it's very human centric. And I hope that you embody this and embrace this as well, because that's the way that we will continue to work in the future and how we can really be effective as leaders going forward. We see that trend that the people will not stay for decades or even a whole life in that same organization or in, in the same career. Instead, people will move around. And oftentimes, industries are small. I recently talked to someone in the gaming industry about this. And yeah, the gaming industry, for example, it's a small industry. And industries are often small. So set yourself up as the leader who has really genuinely their best interest at mind and then do what's possible within your role and your scope of responsibilities to support them. But if they leave and that's a good thing for their career, be as supportive as you can in that transition. Now, with that said, there are a few things that you want to make sure that you do in order to not be blindsided and also to make that experience for your directs on your team as pleasant as possible. 
end, as I say this, I realize that could lead into a day-long, if not week-long conversation about what it means to lead well. But I want to hone this in and talk today about two key things. Number one is you want to regularly check in with your employees. So if you got blindsided by a resignation and you realize I haven't talked to them about their career plans and career ambitions beyond just this job and I haven't talked to them about how happy they are and how much they like this job, what they would like to do more of or less of, where they see their career going, progression going, what they would be interested to learn about, who they'd be interested to talk with. If I haven't asked these questions in a long time, if at all, then this is a great opportunity to build that into your leadership system, meaning create a practice out of doing that going forward. We don't want to hold off too long and then these conversations come up out of the blue. I suggest, generally speaking, to talk to each of your employees about their career once a quarter. So once a quarter in your one-on-ones, ideally, you add on an additional half hour or you add an additional meeting or you replace your one-on-one for one week. And all you do in that conversation is to talk about what's working for them, what isn't working for them, where do they want to go, what are their broader career plans, what do they want to learn, and how can you best support them. And then from then on out, help them connect the dots that what they're doing will be helping them get to that next level. Uh, reach out to people that would support them in their career progression. Look at opportunities or look if there's even a potential for them to grow within the organization, even if not on your team. Whatever it is that would be helpful to show them and support them in achieving their career success, do that. So have the conversation and then take action based on the insights that you're gathering. So setting in place these recurring conversations, they could be called career conversations. They can also be called state interviews. And I have a link, some resources down below to those types of conversations to learn more. But that should be part of your process. Even if it isn't yet, then awesome. Learn something new. Go out and add it to your leadership system, i.e. your set of routines and practices that you keep repeating over and over. If you're confused by me using the term leadership system, then that's part of the APS method. I will link to that in the show notes as well and how I look at leadership development and how I use this in my own practice with my clients. The second thing that I want to bring up here today is that when things don't go well on your team and you notice someone is frustrated or you notice maybe your A player here is getting really bothered by a C player that you have on the team because they feel like they have to pick up someone else's slack. If you notice that they're getting drained by all the urgent requests and they mention to you that they're about to burn out or feeling really overwhelmed or too stressed or whatever it may be and you hear them say this, don't ignore it. Don't just tolerate it. Make sure that they feel hurt. Repeat back what you hear them say, acknowledge them, thank them for being open and sharing with you what they're challenged with. And then on one hand, take any actions that you possibly can to help resolve this challenge or this issue at hand. And then second, check back in. So if someone said to you, hey, I feel really stressed out and they say that to you in, what is it now, August, 
next month, check back in or even next week, depending on the urgency and say like, hey, how are you doing now? Have you thought about what we could change in terms of your responsibilities or the deadlines or priorities to alleviate you from some of the stress that you're experiencing? Whatever they're bringing to your attention, one, take it serious, make sure that they see that you're actually present and hearing them and then act upon that by both trying to resolve it and by checking back in. Too often, someone comes to me and says, this is my problem. And I ask, have you talked to your manager about this? And they say, yes, I did. And then I ask, what happened after the conversation? And the answer is nothing, nada. Now I'm not saying them as the employee shouldn't have followed up or couldn't have brought this up again in conversation. I'm not putting all the blame on the manager. But now that I'm talking to you as managers, I want to make sure you hear me on this. It's really important. If they are sharing challenges with you, listen and act on it and follow up. It's the best way to prevent them from getting frustrated because they feel nothing's ever going to change. And when people think that nothing's going to change, then they're going to look elsewhere. Or if there's no way to go and no way forward, any outside offers or pings from recruiters will all of a sudden be a lot more compelling. So those are my two immediate tips as it comes to what you can learn and pay attention to when someone resigns on your team. And I want to go back to what I said in the very beginning. In that time, that's a vulnerable time, be really compassionate with yourself and use it as a learning opportunity. Really engage in that dialogue, have the conversation, and then look for changes that you can make in order to grow as a leader. I hope you find this insightful. Even if there was no one on your team who just terminated, I hope you keep this episode in mind when it happens. Again, it's part of workplaces and it's probably inevitable that it will happen on your team at some point as well. Check out the additional resources in the show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Thanks for listening and ciao for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.